Owning a handgun doesn't make you armed any more than owning a guitar makes you a musician. It was Jeff Cooper. Welcome to The Everyday Marksman, a podcast where we talk about tactical skills for living a more adventurous life. I'm your host, Matt Robertson, a former military officer turned tech sector corporate grunt, shooting enthusiast, outdoors junkie, and most importantly, your loyal friend. I am on a mission to help everyday people become better and more capable citizens. Our website is everydaymarksman.co, and there you're going to find all of our articles, our podcast episodes, and more importantly, our community of marksmen. Now, if you are new to the show, then welcome. I am thrilled that you found us amongst this giant sea of podcasts. If you could do me a favor and smash that subscribe button, I guarantee you won't regret it. Now, for my returning listeners, it is great to have you back. I have got a solo show for you today, so there's no summary points or key takeaways, just a good old-fashioned heart-to-heart conversation. And today, we're talking about what it means to be armed in a modern society. And I'm not just talking about a concealed carry permit or openly carrying arms at a protest but a more philosophical idea of what it means to be armed. I think this is an important discussion to have because it speaks to the overall goals of the everyday marksman and our community. So let's get to it. Now, I'm not going to beat around the bush. What got me thinking about this topic is all the laws and protests going on here in Virginia. Watching all the fences go up around a designated free speech zone that you could only enter if you were unarmed rubs me the wrong way. And it reminded me of an episode of Jack Ryan's last season two that I was watching with my wife. And there was a flashback scene where one of the characters was at a dinner party and her husband was talking about the philosophical ideas of Max Weber. Now, if you've never heard of Max Weber, that is okay. Honestly, I hadn't either, though I had heard of his ideas. In fact, he is the originator of the term and structure of bureaucracy. So as a former government worker, thanks, buddy. (laughs) But more importantly, he is a sociologist who outlined the state's monopoly on legitimate use of violence, or at least that idea. And I want to say that again, because... There's just something about this phrase that also rubs me the wrong way. Max Weber originated the idea that only the state could claim a mantle of legitimate use of violence. And it wasn't the first time I'd heard that phrase. I thought about another speech I saw. It was a TED Talk by Dutch General Peter von Um. And he has said the exact same thing, that only the state can claim legitimate use of violence against others. Now, that applies more or less both externally against other states, as with the military, or internally, as with police actions. Now, to be clear, that's not to say that only the state can utilize violence whatsoever. Self-defense may still be allowed under the law, but the presumption is one of guilt, of the illegal use of violence, until proven otherwise. In these ideas, the use of personal violence is just not a given. It's an extension of the state's power. It's a privilege to defend yourself. And that's where I 
and many Americans have a fundamental difference of opinion. While Max Weber's ideas underpin a lot of modern European government, he is far less influential in the United States, where our government stems to the writings of John Locke. Now, Locke believed in the natural law of things. So rather than central governments with power, Locke, and by extension, our founding fathers, believed that every individual was a king of their own sovereignty, that every person had inalienable rights by nature of simply existing. In this construct, power flows from the people to the government through consent. And the government then obeys social contracts that they will act to protect natural law. To quote the Declaration of Independence here, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That means you and me, that you and I are the ultimate power here and we allow the government to exist to protect our rights. James Madison said the same thing when he said, the people are the only legitimate fountain of power. To put this another way, Locke, who underpins the founding of our country, believes the fundamental power lies with the individual, who then acts in concert with other individuals to build a society. Weber believed the fundamental power is with the state. Do you see a conflict here? A lot of people in the U.S. want to model our government and culture like that of Europe, which has a very different view of individual liberty and privilege. And to be honest, that also just doesn't sit well with me. So what does all this sociological mumbo-jumbo have to do with shooting and being armed? You see, in the end, being armed is a mindset. It's a choice. It's recognition that you are ultimately responsible for your own life and fate. That you are, after all, the king of your own domain and you should have the right and skill set to protect it. By choosing to be armed, you accept that you are your own first line of defense. And that the responsibility for your safety does not lie with anyone else, and especially not a bureaucratic organization that is only kind of vaguely aware that you exist when it's time to pay taxes. Being armed does not just mean being a gun owner. We love to talk about the Second Amendment, and especially the last few words of shall not be infringed. And as much as I agree with that, we should pay attention to the first few words talking about the importance of a well-regulated militia. Like a well-regulated watch, it means it should be functioning well, and that means capabilities and practice. And as much as I appreciate the Richmond Rattlesnake Rally this week for what it is, I couldn't help but notice all of the poorly fitting equipment, the out-of-shape boog boys, mediocre discipline with the weapons, and just it looked a little sloppy. I am still proud of all these gun owners who showed up and stood up for their rights, but I think we'd have an even stronger impression if there were ranks of well-trained and disciplined Americans carrying their weapons and gear in professional manners. Think about this. How many gun owners actually get out there and compete or train with their weapons? Take a guess. At the high end, Reuters reported at 61% for training. And I guarantee you that usually means safety training and maybe concealed carry permit class. 
And if you've been to classes like the ones I've been to for that concealed carry permit, that's probably not the same thing as a multi-day shooting training session. Now at the low end, it's as little as 15% of Americans have been trained to how to use their firearms. And what about competition? Those numbers are abysmal. John at the Firearms User Network put up some numbers a while ago that in 1961, the NRA had 500,000 members and 29% of them had formal classifications and competition. Over 90% participated in marksmanship qualification programs. Today, with over 5 million members, that number is only about 2% of the membership. Only 2% of 5 million people actively participate in organized NRA competition. That means your high power and your F-class. The marksmanship qualification program, it's not even tracked anymore. Now, I know there are other ways to do competition out there. You've got USPSA, you've got PRS and NRL and Bullseye and IDPA. I get it. And that's awesome. But I guarantee you those numbers are also really low. I cannot think of any better place to learn that discipline and skill set other than competition. To be honest, this just isn't good enough. These low numbers tell me that we have not instilled a culture that says being armed mentally, physically, and emotionally is the goal, and not just the acquisition of more stuff. So here's my challenge to you. As a marksman working your way to something greater, take the time to learn about all the other things that go along with being an armed citizen. Seek professional training, and not just with your shooting skills, but with medical and communications and survival and more. There's always something new to learn. Learn to wear and use your equipment properly. There are a wealth of people with real-world experience who will be happy to show you the right way to rig your gear. And get out there and test it as best you can. I'm not saying you should run around your neighborhood in a plate carrier. You could if you want. But you should at least learn how to get out there and ruck. Set up your boots so they're more comfortable and protect your feet. Get fit. I cannot overemphasize the importance of fitness. If this was all a video game, your level of fitness is quite literally your life meter. You cannot be too fit for activities that can kill you if you aren't fit. <laughs> and I'm guilty of this myself. I am working on it. I know, but I'm working on it. And then you got to build a network. The community here at Everyday Marksman is a start, but until you endeavor to attend a marksman muster and meet people in the real world, you have to start somewhere. Talk to your neighbors, talk to your shooting club, but build that network. Before I close this segment, one more quote from Jeff Cooper. A free man must not be told how to think, either by the government or by social activists. He may certainly be shown the right way, but he must not accept his being forced into it. Think about that. Thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, I really would appreciate if you could help me out. And how can you do that? Well, I am so glad you asked. 
If this is your first time, then all I ask is you go ahead and smash that subscribe button and tell a friend. Let's get the message out there. But if you've been with me for a while, head on over to the site, everydaymarksman.co forward slash rate, R-A-T-E, and leave a review with your application of choice. That address, everydaymarksman.co forward slash rate, takes you to another webpage that has all the podcast players that you might want to use. So you can leave as many reviews as you want. I do appreciate it. They do help me get the word out there. Now, lastly, if you really like what we're doing, you want to help out, then head to everydaymarksman.co forward slash support, and that will take you to our contribution page, where for the cost of a box of ammo, you can really help me build this podcast and produce better and better content. This podcast, our website, our community are entirely funded by people just like you. I don't accept ads. I don't accept sponsorships. I don't want anything to get in the way of telling the truth and getting the message out there. That's it for me. Take care, and I'll talk to you again soon. So long.